0: Money 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 Welcome to Ask Peggy about your finances because prosperity is so much more than money. Brought to you by rider, speaker, and certified financial planner Peggy Doviak. Hello, and welcome to the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. My name is Peggy Doviak, and I am a certified financial planner practitioner, and this week's show is the best of the Ask Peggy questions. So you're going to listen to questions that people have asked me. I provide answers. Remember, they're educational, so you need to ask your certified financial planner practitioner if they would work for you, and you can submit questions to my Facebook page, Ask Peggy. (laughs) Thank you to Voices of Oklahoma, KVOY 104.5 FM, for the opportunity to share my ideas. Thank you also to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Ask Peggy segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And my question today comes from Angela, who says, I'm just about to graduate from college and I have a job what are the first steps that I should take? And I want to begin by congratulating Angela and all of the other graduates who are going to walk the stage this month. You should be so proud of yourselves. It is so hard to get a college degree. You have taken hours and hours of time, spent lots of money, and you should be so proud of yourself, and I am proud of you for completing this task. So let's start out with by saying hooray for you. So now that you're on the other side of college, if you had student loan debt and you're not going on to graduate school so you don't have a way to defer it, I want you to begin to pay your student loan debt back as quickly as you're required to do it. Student loan debt can be really painful debt to deal with. And the biggest problem comes from people who decide that they just aren't going to start making payments yet. Well, you have 270 days to make a payment. And if you don't make a payment from the time it's due for 270 days, then your account goes into default. And then at that point, the government can garnish your wages, They can even take your Social Security check once you're in retirement 500 years from now. You also can have your tax refund garnished. So not paying your student loan debt back is not an option. Work out the payment plan. Keep the payments where you can afford it. Remember that the interest on the student loan debt is at least deductible. Now, if you don't have a lot of other debt to pay off, paying extra on your student loans is great. Because unless your tax bracket is 100%, which it never is, deductible debt is not great debt. So you're always better not paying the interest, not having to pay back the student loan, than you are saving that debt because the interest is deductible. So if you can pay some extra on it, that's fine. You don't have to. Create a budget you can live on. Include that student loan debt as part of it. Also, try to start saving an emergency fund. You'll hear a financial celebrity say you need a six-month emergency fund, which is six months of your non-discretionary bills laid back in a bank account in case something goes wrong. The problem with this advice is it's so overwhelming that people don't even start doing it. Six months of your bills is a huge amount of money. So I want you to begin by saving a two-week emergency fund. I want you to look at your monthly bills, I want you to cut that number in half, and then I want you to start saving towards that financial goal. And once you've met it, you have two weeks of bills covered. Now, this probably isn't really enough, but it's a start, and you've got more money in the bank than most people do. Once you save your two-week emergency fund, then go ahead and save another two-week emergency fund, and just add to it, but start with a number you can look at without choking. If you have a job that has a retirement plan, you should look at the plan to see if it offers a match for contributions. And if possible, I want you to contribute into the plan at least as much as your company matches, because it's an easy, 100% return on your investment. You put in a dollar, they put in a dollar. Now you have $2. So try to start participating in that. And then finally, continue to live frugally for a while. You've been a college student. You're used to ramen noodles. Keep living that way if you can for a couple more years or a couple more months, as long as you can stand to do it, and then save all that money. Because once you start saving that money, it becomes a habit and it becomes a way of life. And it's going to make your life so much easier if you can begin by starting ahead rather than being behind for your entire working career, so go ahead and live below your means. Yes, you can go ahead and splurge on something. I'm not crazy. I know you're going to do that anyway, but just be really careful, really cautious that what you do is in your financial best interest, and you don't spend every single dime you make just because you can. This will help you start your 20s in a great financial situation and you'll be so glad later that you took the time to do it. Well, I can't believe how fast the show went today. We had a lot to talk about. Certainly there'll be more about all of these fiduciary rules coming up. I want you to look at your risk tolerance and see if you've broken it down by goals because that will really help. Thank you to Voices of Oklahoma, KVOY 104.5 FM, for the opportunity to share my ideas. Thank you also to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Ask Peggy segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances Halloween show. And since this is Halloween, today's question is about death. And the question is, Peggy, I'm afraid that I will owe a state tax when I die. How can I avoid paying it? Well, no one likes to talk about dying. It's the one topic that my clients who have really great financial plans in place many times don't have an estate plan. And if I'm talking to someone just casually and they find out I'm a financial planner, they'll say, oh, we have our retirement savings in order. I don't need a financial planner. I said, well, you know, we do more than just retirement savings. Do you have an estate plan? And I say that because I know what the answer will be. The answer is no, you know, we really need to get around to that. We, we have everything else. And it's like, yeah, you need to go talk to an attorney and then let that attorney help you put together an estate plan working with a certified financial planner practitioner just so that your CFP professional is on the same page as the attorney. It's so much easier when your attorney and your CPA and your financial planner all regularly talk to each other. It makes it so much easier to make sure that all of the pieces of your plan are on on one page. So we don't like to talk about estate, which is why I think so many people do not understand that it's incredibly unlikely that you will be paying estate tax. Even prior to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that went into effect last December, the estate tax exemption was over $5 million, and that's per person. So the probability that you actually owed estate tax is incredibly low because that's a lot of money. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act raised it to 10 million dollars and that's per estate. So a lot of the planning that was done to avoid estate tax has been eliminated because of the complete lack of enough resources to get anywhere close to that number. Now I know that some of you are listening to me in states that aren't Oklahoma and thank you so much for doing that you need to look at your own state's rules about local estate tax. For instance, Oklahoma no longer has an estate tax. So Oklahoma has no estate tax on the state level and $10 million of exemption on the federal level. So That's our rules. If you're in another state, then you want to check and see what that state's estate tax rules are, because you might need to do some planning to avoid those as well. So what should you be afraid of with your money when you die? Well, the first thing to be sure, and this is so easy, but it's a nightmare. It's literally a nightmare when people don't do it check your beneficiaries. If you've gotten a divorce, be sure that if you have an individual retirement account or a 401k plan at work, or for that matter, a life insurance policy, who's the beneficiary? Because if the beneficiary is your ex, you will be screaming from beyond the grave, and so will your new significant other and children. So be sure you've got that taken care of. Additionally, be careful that everyone knows what their role in your estate is. If you've given someone a power of attorney for your health care or finance, be sure they know. In fact, you really should talk to them first so it's not a surprise when they discover it. So be sure that people know, talk to the executor of your estate and make sure that they're okay being the executor of it. Additionally, be careful gifting assets. When you make a gift of something, when you are alive, your basis follows the gift, and becomes the basis for the person who's the recipient. So, for instance, if you bought a stock for $100 and now it's worth $200, if you gave that stock away, then the basis would be 100 the growth is another 100 so you'd pay capital gains on that growth. This is all outside of retirement money, money that owes capital gains. However, if you let someone inherit that after you die, they receive a step up in basis, and all they have to pay then is the tax on any growth after death they have inherited it. So highly appreciated assets sometimes make more sense to be inherited unless you really have to have the money right now. You'll have a much lower tax liability if you wait and you let them inherit it rather than giving it to them today. So all of those things make it easier on people after you have died, Happy Halloween, but don't be afraid of your money. Thank you to Voices of Oklahoma, KVOY 104.5 FM, for the opportunity to share my ideas. Thank you also to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Ask Peggy segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. My name is Peggy Doviak, and I got this question a lot over the last two weeks. It's kind of a fun question. show's been a little serious, so let's try to end on a happier note. Peggy, if I win the lottery, what's the first thing I should do? You know, that's been everyone's big concern. And one of the giant lotteries has been won. I don't believe the second one has, but still very rapidly, lotteries are millions of dollars and everybody wants to know what they should do. That what you should do is very related to what you do anytime you come into Unexpected Money. So, obviously, winning the lottery is awesome, but sometimes people inherit money, or they suddenly get a settlement from a legal case. And there's some really common characteristics that will keep you from having really big problems if you follow them however you come into the money. And the most important thing you should do is absolutely nothing until you get your feet under you. Now, in some situations, there's a few decisions you have to make immediately. There's a few things you have to do, like with the lottery, you have to decide between the lump sum or the payments. Or if you inherit money, there may be some decisions that you have to make. But most of the time in the real world places we find ourselves, very few decisions have to be made immediately. If you've inherited money, you need to give yourself a little time to grieve and to figure out what's going on because there's lots of sharks out there that are looking for people who have come into a lot of money. You know, sometimes we know the sharks. Sometimes they're family and friends and they don't mean to be sharks, but they're just Really, so excited about getting an opportunity to better themselves that they cause us to make bad decisions because it plays on our emotions. Other sharks are people in financial services who prey on people when they're stressed. I've heard of situations where people will send flowers, financial advisors send flowers to funerals of people they don't know. So when the family looks at the card, they think there's a relationship between that advisor and the person who died. And that is really, really slimy. So you need to be careful and ask questions. While the person's still alive, find out who they're working with. Get to know them. Have a relationship. Whether you want to use them or not after the person dies is completely up to you. But if you understand the situation in advance, it stops someone else from being able to swoop in and make decisions where you think you're doing what's right and in fact you're not. You need to get a really good attorney. You need to get a good CPA. You need to get a certified financial planner practitioner. And these people should ideally be people you knew before so that you can trust what's being told to you so that you know that these people are acting in your best interest. They have to be your fiduciary because you're very vulnerable. Even if it's fabulous, and you've just won a ton of money, you're still really vulnerable because you don't really know what you're doing yet. This is why so many lottery winners go bankrupt, because they get in the middle of it and they make really bad financial decisions. So take some time Don't immediately go out and spend all the money you can find. Shaquille O'Neal said that he completely forgot he had to pay taxes. And so he spent a giant check that he got and then discovered that he owed taxes after that. So be cautious, be prudent, have a little fun, but mostly just continue where you were until you figure out and you make good financial decisions. Well, I can't believe how fast this week's show went. Remember that we're watching the market to see what it's doing. Don't forget to go vote if you want to do that. Make sure you take the required minimum distribution so the IRS doesn't give you a 50% penalty. And if you win the lottery, be careful Thank you to Voices of Oklahoma, KVOY 104.5 FM, for the opportunity to share my ideas. Thank you also to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Ask Peggy segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And I'm Peggy Doviak. And so in this section, we answer questions that either I'm commonly asked or that people send in. so please, if you have a question, don't hesitate to go to the Ask Peggy Facebook page or probably better is the PeggyDoviak.com website. I'm sort of migrating the questions to that page, although the Ask Peggy Facebook page will still work. So the question for today is, Peggy, what do I need to do by the end of the year for my finances? And I understand that we're still in the middle of November and the holiday season hasn't really kicked up into full gear yet. And that's exactly why I want to talk to you about this now while maybe you're still listening to the show or the podcast and you have some time before the holiday crazies set in so that you can get everything done by the end of the year that you need to do. Probably the biggest disastrous mistake you could make would not be taking a required minimum distribution that you needed to take from a retirement account or from an inherited account. If you are over 70 and a half or you have inherited an asset that's still in pre-tax dollars, so maybe you inherited someone's individual retirement account, you have to take money out every year according to a schedule that's set up by the IRS. Now, the good news is the investment account custodian probably has already calculated the amount of RMD for you and may have automatically taken it out for you at some time earlier in the year. This is a question worth asking. If you don't remember getting your required minimum distribution, and if you still think you might need to take it, you should at least call your custodian and have them help you sort through your transaction records to make sure whether or not you received the RMD. They might be waiting for your instruction. So if you haven't called them yet and told them that you wanted the RMD, then you need to go ahead and do that. If you fail to take a required minimum distribution, the penalty is fifty-five zero percent of the amount you were supposed to take. So if you're supposed to take three thousand dollars in RMD and you don't do it then you have to take the $3,000 and you have to pay a penalty of $1,500. So very quickly, this becomes unbelievably expensive. Don't make the mistake. You've got plenty of time to get it done. Just go get it done. Now, this year, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act dropped the deductibility of medical expenses back to 7.5%. You might remember that it had been 10% for the last few years. It was 7.5% to my mind forever, and I realize these numbers do change all the time, but it had been 7.5% for a number of years. It moved up to 10%, but it has now dropped back. So this means if you're close to having enough medical bills to deduct, you might try to get one or two more things done by the end of the year, like getting glasses or hearing aids or maybe a scooter, um, you know, a wheelchair scooter, or maybe a wheelchair. So doctor's appointments, anything where you think you're going to get a bill that your insurance isn't going to pay, try to bulk that up if you're really close to seven and a half percent right now. If you're paying for long-term care for yourself, that also will count into your medical bills. Now, I've got to give you a word of warning. The other thing the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act did is they doubled the standard deduction. So if you're single, your standard deduction is now $12,000. And if you're married filing jointly, it's $24,000. So you may have trouble reaching the deductibility threshold. You may not have quite enough deductions to itemize every year. Really great advice that I've been hearing is consider bulking up your deductions in a year so that you actually get over that threshold and then take the standard deduction the next year. So you try to wait as best as you can everything into a year so you get the benefit of itemizing and then the next year go ahead and take the standard deduction, then the year after that flip back. You know, at what point does the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act actually go away? Well, right now it's it's scheduled to go away in the early 20s. I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see. For right now, you've got to play with the game you have. But especially since they're limiting the state and local tax deductions to $10,000. A lot of people aren't making enough money to itemize. So don't bulk up a whole bunch of costs that you're going to have to pay out of pocket thinking you can deduct it on your medical and then not be able to deduct it on your medical because your bills were still not high enough. So be really careful with that. Maybe work with the CPA here at the end of the year to be sure that you've got everything under control. Any charitable deductions that you're making to get tax credit for 2018 have to be made by the end of the year. I think the fact that we can deduct our IRAs in April of the next year makes people think, oh, well, as long as I get things done by April of 2019, I'm good. No, your charitable donations have to be made by December 31st, just like your RMDs need to be taken by December 31st. Also, remember that to take a charitable donation, you have to have a receipt. So all those great bell ringers out in front of all of the stores, yeah, absolutely, I'm a big fan of giving them money. However, if you're wanting to make a major donation, put a check in that bucket rather than putting a large bill so that you can take the deduction on it because a $100 bill is not going to give you a deductible donation. And the charities can cash checks just as easily as they can take cash anyway. In fact, in some ways they might even prefer checks because it gives everybody a tracing and a record as to what's going on. The other big thing to check are any use-it or lose-it benefits that you have through your employer, if you have to use up a benefit like maybe some pre tax health money, you still got some time, but again, make sure you use it because you don't want to lose that money at the end of the year. You want to make sure that you take advantage of everything so that you get the highest possible deduction that you can. So be cautious, be careful. Go ahead and make some lists and check them twice and make sure that you're taking all of the deductions that you can and that you're handling everything as best you can so that your taxes are easy. And call your CPA now because they really don't want to meet with every single client that they have between the week between Christmas and New Year's. So be kind to your CPA. All right, in the last closing minutes here, I really want to say thank you to some people. This is the last live show before Thanksgiving. Next week is a Best of Peggy episode. So I want to thank, first of all, Mary Francis and Voices of Oklahoma KVOY 104.5 FM in South Central Oklahoma. Mary Francis, I'm so grateful for the opportunity you've given me to put this show together. It's so kind. It's so lovely. I've had a wonderful time this year doing it, and thank you for your kindness, your generosity, and thank you for believing in me. But having the ability to do a show doesn't do you any good if you don't have a um, a studio and you don't have someone who can produce. I know people are doing this on their own, but man, I'm not great at that. So huge thanks to Sports Talk Radio, owned by Randy LaFoon, and to TJ, my amazing producer, who makes me look great when I screw things up. He splices it together so that I don't sound like an absolute fool on the air to you guys. Thank you to Tracy Gray, who's done so much work helping facilitate everything with me here at Sports Talk. It's so appreciated. I'm very grateful. I always focus on the word prosperity because prosperity is, at the end of the day, usually not money. It's our family. It's our friends. It's doing what we love. It's being with people we love. So I wish you prosperity this Thanksgiving. You may submit personal finance questions to the Ask Peggy Facebook page and learn more at PeggyDowiak.com. And remember, prosperity is so much more than money.